0: With us online tonight, or tomorrow, or the next day, we uh, truly appreciate you joining with us, and we just pray that your walk with Christ just becomes richer because of these deep dives. And I'm going to open up and uh, with prayer, you can turn to Isaiah chapter nine if you would like to do that. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this good night. Thank you for this great church. Thank you for an opportunity to teach your word. And Lord, I pray that you help me teach tonight, and I pray that you help us learn something that we might walk more strong in the kingdom. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen, amen. Amen. So turn to Isaiah chapter 9, then we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 8 after that. But uh, we're quite used to, especially in this series, uh, going to uh, Isaiah chapter nine, we're studying a series entitled "Finding Your Place in the Kingdom," and uh, the pastor just really messed messed up my. <laughs> I put the wrong words on on this stuff. Uh, When he made the study guide, the subtitle of this, uh, it says on the study guide, expanding the wilderness. It's actually expanding the kingdom. We have enough expanding the wilderness going on. So tonight's topic is expanding the kingdom. So uh, last time we were together, uh, we skipped one because of the holidays. Uh, We looked at the uh, proclamation of Isaiah. That a child king would be born and a kingdom would rest on his shoulders. Um, and we find that in Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verse number 6. And, and we're not reading this because it's holiday season, we're reading this because it's scripture. It says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and a government, a kingdom. Will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. So we saw last time that uh, God's design for us in Christ is to transfer us out of the kingdom that we were born into. We were born into Adam's fallen kingdom. And uh, uh, the purpose of God for us is to transfer us out of Adam's fallen kingdom. Now, just a side note here, Adam didn't live in a religion. Sure, yeah. He lived in a kingdom. Uh, and that, that kingdom was separate from the rest of the world, which the Bible refers to as the wilderness. So uh, we saw last week again... By the decree of the king, the one promised in Isaiah, those who believe in him, King Jesus, are transferred out of Adam's fallen kingdom and transferred into the kingdom that Jesus would bring with him. So uh, again, this has nothing to do with religion. Uh, it's about a king and a kingdom. Now you notice that uh, I keep referring time and time and time again. I keep reiterating the fact that it's not about a religion it's about a kingdom and King Jesus and he brought the kingdom with him. The reason for that is we're we're standing on a church that has its generational foundation on a religion. We We have turned this, kingdom thing that was done into a religious organization and and it takes a long time to deprogram ourselves out of that. I know it took me a long time to deprogram out of that. So again, this has nothing to do with the religion. It's all about a king and a kingdom. Now, I want you to turn to uh, Proverbs Chapter number 8, Proverbs chapter number 8. If, um, if one studies Proverbs chapter 8, you'll begin to notice something interesting. Um, Proverbs 8 tells us that the original earth kingdom system was designed by a person. And that person's name was what the Bible calls is Wisdom. And Proverbs 8 isn't about how wise God is or how smart God is. It's about a person, and that person's name is Wisdom. The original earth was perfect within the kingdom of God. Uh, When Lucifer led a rebellion and the kingdom, God's kingdom was removed, then the earth became void and, and uh, life was empty. It was emptied out of the earth. Then approximately 6,000 years ago, God regenerated the earth and put Adam into the garden kingdom. Now watch. Originally, um, there was um, the earth. There was God's kingdom on it. Lucifer was, uh, it looks like he was in charge. Some say he was the worship leader. Uh, I believe he was in charge. The kingdom was under him. He led a rebellion. And God removed his kingdom from the earth. Therefore the earth became void and without form. Darkness covered the face of the earth. So, how many... Eons of time went by, we really don't know. But um, it, it could be billions and billions and billions of years that the earth was just in darkness, uh, void, uh, covered the, the face of the earth. Then, again, as I said, about 6,000 years ago, God regenerated the earth. That description comes in, it begins in um, uh, Genesis 1, Uh, verse number two. So here's what, this is an interesting thing. Keep in mind that originally before, we'll say before the fall of Lucifer, before the war, there was an expanded kingdom on the earth. So God regenerates the earth, and there's what the Bible calls a garden Um, We're we're calling it his garden kingdom. And he creates Adam and puts him in the garden kingdom. And the first thing he says to Adam is expand the kingdom. And you're going to, if you watch this, you'll find this as a recurring theme all through the Bible. What God desires for his kingdom is always expansion. Okay? Uh, He wants... His kingdom expanded all over the earth. Now, understand that God never gave Adam a religious law. He gave Adam instructions on how to live perfectly within his kingdom. Had nothing to do. He didn't give him a religion. He gave him a kingdom. He didn't put him in charge of a religion. He put him in charge of a kingdom. Now, here's why it's important that we understand this, okay? Proverbs 8 isn't about God the Father. It's about the person of wisdom who Proverbs 8 tells us designed everything that's in the earth. Okay, And you can break, uh, you can break Proverbs 8 up into four different parts. Um, verses 1 through 4, we're going to call that the grand call of wisdom. Listen to this. Verse number 1 does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice on top of the heights beside the way where the paths meet she takes her stand beside the gates at the opening of the city at the entrance of the door she cries out to you O men I call and my voice is to the sons of men so wisdom calls out to men we're going to see why here in a little bit So the second second section of Proverbs 8 can be uh, read verses 5 through 21, okay? And he begins to tell that uh, kings rule by what what he does. Listen, if, if Pastor D invented a kingdom, owns the kingdom, knows everything about the kingdom, and then puts me in charge of that kingdom. She's going to say you will rule by what I tell you to do. Not a religion, but a a, a ruling system. So wisdom says by me kings rule, you see? Now watch, Um, I just want to go through this. I don't want to read verse by verse tonight. We've done that before, but the third section of Proverbs 8, can run from verse twenty-two to the verse to verse thirty-one, and that's the position of wisdom um, uh, in creation. Look at verse twenty-two. He says, "The Lord possessed me." That's a family title thing. That means I was with Him, I related to Him, um, I am one with Him. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His way. Before his works of old, from everlasting, I was established from the beginning of the earliest times of the earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no springs abounding with water. So he says, before any of these things happened, it was, it was me. I was, I was there, okay? Then we go up to verse number 32. Now, well, let's, let's look at verse number thirty. He's talking about the uh, mountains. He's talking about the seas. He's talking about creation. And then he says in verse 30, When I was beside him as a master workman. That master workman is an architect's term. And here's what he's saying. When all this was created, I was with God. I stood with God. And I was the architect of everything, okay? Now watch. He said, I was daily his delight. So wisdom was daily the Father's delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the world, his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. So wisdom says, I was the delight of the Father. Through everything. I designed everything, but men was the delight of my heart. Okay? Now, here's the summary of the truth of Proverbs chapter 8. Watch. Now, therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are they who keep my ways. I want you to see this. Um, Again, this is not about a religion, it's about a kingdom de-invents a uh, uh, a planet and she knows everything that's going to make that planet and the system around it work perfectly and she says now Ted I'm going to put you in the system so listen to my voice because if you listen to and learn my ways you can operate perfectly in the system that I've designed It's not a religion. It's operating in the system. See? Now watch. Verse 32 again. Now therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Heed instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the man, of course he's talking about men and women, who listen to me watching daily at my gates, waiting at the doorpost. Watch. Remember what Jesus What Jesus said in John 10, 10. He said, I came to do what? Give you life and give it to you in abundance. Now watch. He says, for he who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. That word obtain means to reach out and draw it to you. Wisdom is saying... I created everything. I created the system perfect. And if you will listen to my ways, you will actually reach out and pull the blessings of the system into your bosom. You see? But watch what he says. Verse 35. For he who finds me and finds life and obtains or pulls forth the favor from the Lord... But he who sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me love death. I want you to hear this. Dake's Annotated Reference Bible. Just the title sounds impressive, doesn't it? (laughs) Dake says this. All this refers to the original creation of the heavens and the earth long before the six days of Genesis. Between this creation and Adam's day, the earth was inhabited by pre-Adamite beings who were ruled by Lucifer for an indefinite period of sinlessness, followed by a long period of rebellion before his defeat and that of the pre-Adamite beings. You see? So, So watch. The person of wisdom existed and designed God's creations of old, the creation of the earth, the ocean and the mountains, the heavens and the clouds. Now watch. And most importantly for us to understand, wisdom existed before the laws that govern creation was placed in motion, you see? That's why the summary of the truth is so important for us to understand For he who finds me finds life and pulls the favor of the Lord to them. You see? Now watch. Turn to uh, Deuteronomy chapter number four. Deuteronomy chapter number four. I want you to remember something all the way through this series. This series is not about finding your place within a religion. It's about finding your place within a kingdom, okay? Um, That's why Christianity, oh, I'm going to say it here, Christianity is such a horrible religion. Oh, somebody just shut me off right there. Now they're telling stories about me, you know? Christianity is a horrible religion. Here's why the religious duties of Christianity is to show you how badly you fail and point you to the grace and the goodness of Jesus Christ who already died for you to put you in his kingdom okay so when we see this thing as as a religion we're following a system that's only designed to show you how bad you fail that's a horrible religion horrible you see my goodness I'm probably going to get in trouble with that my name is Brent Belcher you can reach me and <laughs> so watch I want to show you something when Proverbs 8 was penned okay it wasn't written to the whole world it was written to the Jewish kingdom okay now watch this watch this The Jewish kingdom was an Old Testament shadow of a separated kingdom of God in the midst of the rest of the world. Moses was actually um, a type and shadow of Adam because he led, God promised him, he didn't promise him a religion, he promised him his own kingdom. He said, I'll make a mighty nation of you. That's a kingdom, you see. And he promised uh, uh, Moses that, that he would be uh, a, the leader of a great kingdom. And it's a picture of Adam because God spoke to Adam. Adam would speak to the world. God would speak to Moses. Moses would speak to the Jewish people. And then Moses begins to write his laws. Not the laws of God, but, but the Mosaic law. Uh, to try to show people how they're to live they turn it into a religious system um, and and begin to have more faith in following the law than they did in being God's people a separate kingdom and and again that's why uh, God would never allow Moses to go over into the promised land because the law will never get you the promises of God Are, are, are you seeing this now now watch. Isaiah 9 prophesied that a king would come and bring kingdom blessings to the throne of David and to all his kingdom. Uh, re- remember, he said this. He said, <coughs> He said, and, "And there'll be no end to his kingdom and, and of peace, OK? to the throne of David and to his kingdom. So Isaiah 9 says a king will come. He'll bring a kingdom with him to both the throne of David and to his kingdom. Ephesians 3 says this. The great mystery of Christ was not the Jews following the law, but the Jews and the Gentiles alike becoming one kingdom. Read, read Ephesians chapter number 3. And it says, here's, here's the mystery that the angels wanted to look into, but never could. The mystery that, that uh, Satan wanted to know, but could never understand, that it wasn't about the Jewish religion. It was about the whole world coming together in one kingdom under the grace of Christ. So, wisdom creates a perfect system. Created a way of operating within the kingdom. And then God and then uh, Lucifer rebelled. And God recreates the earth, Genesis chapter 1, verse number 2. And he puts a kingdom on earth and puts Adam in the kingdom, in the garden kingdom. (coughs) And again, God didn't give Adam the law. He gave him the way to operate in faith within the kingdom. Now, years after Adam's fall, God called Abraham and promised him what? A great kingdom. If he would follow the way to live blessed. Listen to the decree of God to kingdom people. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4. Verse number five. See, I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do thus in the land that you are entering to possess it. Do you notice he didn't call that a religion? Yep. So keep them and do them, for that is your wisdom and your understanding. In the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely, this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it? The Lord God himself, whenever we call on him. Now watch. Turn to Genesis 18. We're going, we're going to blend all this together now. Now watch. There is no religious law within the kingdom. There is only ways to operate. The Bible calls them statutes and judgments that should become our wisdom and understanding, our way of doing things. Okay? When God spoke to Abraham and promised him his own kingdom, his own nation, a great people. He spoke the promises of a separate kingdom that would rest under God's powerful hand. Now watch this. Look what God said to Abraham. Um, Genesis 18, verse number 17. The Lord said shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Since Abraham surely will surely become a great and mighty nation, a kingdom. And in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. By doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. Now watch. <clears throat> he never said, I'm going to give Abraham the law. He said, I'm going to give him ways to operate. Listen to me. I want to give you just look, look at these two examples of how as Christians we shouldn't be trying to follow a law. We should be trying to follow away. Here's an example of a statute and a judgment that God gives us. 1 John chapter 4 verses 14 through 15 (coughs) says this. This is the confidence we have before him. Now watch, watch. I need something from God. And I'm going to go pray except yesterday I broke the law you ever you ever been there uh, I I broke the law I I did something that that my church says if you do this then you're not really a Christian on. You know, my church never taught me that that my place is through Christ and his grace only they, t- they taught me that initially, and then over the next weeks, they begin to give me all these rules and regulations that if I followed all of them and never broke them, I wouldn't be kicked out of the church. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about, okay? So in, instead of affirming and affirming and affirming and affirming that Christ did this for me, and now I could live in a way that would bring the blessings of God into my life. They give me rules. But listen, what if this became our wisdom and understanding? This is the confidence which we have before him. That if I ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked of him. No law. No breaky-breaky. No, I'm a filthy sinner now. Come on. How can I be saved and be a filthy sinner? I, I don't understand that. If Jesus made me clean, are you are you hearing me? How about the confidence that Jesus did this thing for me And here is how I live my life. Confident before him that if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, how do I know he hears me? Because I'm asking something according to his will. You see? If I ask anything according to his will, I know he hears me. So if I know he hears me, and whatever I ask, I know that I will have the request which I have asked of him. I don't need beat. I don't need to know that, that I broke a law. I don't need to say, every time I go pray, I hear this nagging thing, you're doing everything wrong. I know that as a kingdom member, if I ask anything according to God's will, he hears me. So if I know he hears me, I know that I will receive... Whatever I ask for in the kingdom, Here, here's another statute or judgment. Mark four twenty four through twenty five. Jesus said this: Take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it's going to be measured back to you, and more will be given you besides. For whoever has, to him more shall be given. And whoever does not have even what he has shall be taken from him. Listen. I read a promise in this book. Oh, I wish I could have that. But, you know, last Tuesday I didn't do too good. Come on. And with the measure that I have received that is how it's going to be measured back to me. Hmm? When When we operate in the way of the Lord, watch, we operate in a structure that wisdom sowed into the earth so his kingdom would expand and flourish. It was already sown in there. It's the DNA of of creation. Um, Go over to Hebrews chapter number three. Hebrews chapter number 3. The writer of Hebrews describes two different kingdoms, two different households, okay? Look at Hebrews 3, verse number 5. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. Here's the two households that the writer of Hebrews talks about. One is the household of Moses as a slave. He was was a household of religion. And that equaled the law, equals death, equals eternal destruction. Then he says there's the household kingdom of Jesus. Salvation by grace equals kingdom equals eternal life. Now watch, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. To those who belong to Jesus, our focus has to be to learn the operational ways that wisdom sowed into creation to make it flourish. Okay? here's, Here's what God says about accepting Jesus and thinking that you're not good enough to be in the kingdom because you're religious, okay? Look at verse number seven. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as when they provoked me, as in the day of the trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with this generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they did not know my ways. As I swore of my wrath, they will not enter my rest. Now, watch. People receive Christ, then they think they've joined a religion. That leads them to believe that they're following the law. Therefore, they can't walk by faith in the redemption of Christ. Uh, Go to Hebrews 13 real quick. Hebrews 13. Moses proved that religion will not gain us the promises of God because its promises of God is about a kingdom, not a religion. So the, and I've asked this question here before. Who, who's ever got born again again? <laughs> you ever get born again again? And again, and again? and again again? Yeah, I used to be like that. I was in a whole denomination. That's all we ever did. Every Sunday we got born again again. Um, I would get born again again and, and be on this high. And I would leave on Sunday. Monday I would go back to work. By Tuesday I knew I was a pig huh because I, I was doing I just by nature I did everything wrong by Saturday night I didn't even want to see the church but I knew I had to go because that would send me to hell too so I would go to church and I would repent of everything we we repented of everything Bob I mean breathing but we had no choice we just breathed and repented um And then I would go to the altar, and and I would cry, and I would feel terrible, and then I would feel justified that I had punished myself enough for my sins. And then I had no choice whatsoever to receive Jesus all over again. So I got born again again. Is this making any sense to anybody? I have probably gotten born again 3,895 times. I, probably I have. Now watch, watch, I want to show you something here. Hebrews 13, man, this is, this is an eye-opener. Verse number 9. Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Not by what you eat or what you don't eat. Not by what you drink or what you don't drink. Not by what you do and what you don't do. Through, watch, watch what it says. Through those who were so occupied... We're not benefited. We, those that believe in the grace of Christ, we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle or the law have no right to eat from. Hmm? As long as I was tied up, in my religious beliefs. As long, I was t- long as I was tied up thinking. That when I got saved I was joining a religion. And now it was on my shoulders. The kingdom was on my shoulders and not Jesus. That, that all this responsibility rested on me. I was serving an altar. That was the wrong altar. And I no longer had a right to eat from the altar of the grace of Christ. I couldn't do it, you see? My, my, my. Um, Hebrews 2. Hebrews chapter 2. I know this is a lot to think about, but it's hard to deprogram yourself from religion. Hebrews 2. Here's how wisdom, now remember um, Proverbs eight, thirty-two. I think it is, 31, said, I was the father's delight daily, but my delight was in the sons and the daughters of men. That was my delight. How much did it tear up wisdom? To see his precious, precious mankind fall and be cast out of the kingdom into the chaos and the darkness of the wilderness. We're going to see next week about how man became a mankind of darkness. Here's how he would save them. Hebrews 2 verse number 14. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. How many Christians do you know that is still afraid of death? Mm-hmm. And as long as you're religious, you're going to be afraid of death, that's for sure. Now watch, watch this, watch. What do I have to believe to walk blessed in the kingdom of God? Galatians three thirteen 13-14 says this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3.29 And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants and heirs to the promise. Not a religion, but a kingdom. Now watch this. I want to show you something. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6. I'm going to show you God's perfect will for the children of Abraham. Mm. Look at uh, Hebrews 6.13. For when God made the promise to Abraham, now we just saw that we are the children of Abraham by faith in Christ, And when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. Mark chapter 1. This is a lot, isn't it? You know what? You can handle it, man. You can handle it. Mark chapter 1. when wisdom put on flesh we saw where he said um, to save us he had to become us he had to put on the fallen flesh of mankind now to do that wisdom so what was the what was Jesus name uh, before he was Jesus he said a king will be born to us a child will be given to us and his name will be. Well, what was his name before that? His name was Wisdom. And he was the grand architect. He created everything. And we were his daily delight. So, to take on fallen human flesh, Wisdom had to leave the glory that he had with the Father. He had to leave that kingdom okay now watch after john's baptism that same kingdom that he left behind had to be put back on the shoulders of the child that was born to us okay look at mark 1 verse number 9 In those days, Jesus came to Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately, watch, now watch, watch. Poke your neighbor and say, you're going to see something amazing here in a minute. Now watch. He was baptized by John at the Jordan. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. Now watch this. I want to show you. A voice came out of the heavens, saying, "You are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased." It is not a great rendering of what happened right here. Here is how verse ten: the 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 heavens open. That word is what is it, Jody? Violently torn apart. Okay. Here's how verse 10 can read, how it really should read. And John looked up and saw the universe and he saw it violently torn in two and the spirit of a kingdom realm rested on Jesus. Isaiah said in Isaiah 9, and a kingdom will rest on on his shoulders, and, and the, the heavens were rent into violently, and the kingdom came down and rested. Now, watch, watch, I'm gonna show you something too cool. This is gonna be almost too cool. Pastor's just gonna fall on the floor like a phaeton goat here in a minute. Now, watch it, watch. After this happened, the second Adam over the kingdom, Adam was the first. The second Adam over the kingdom. Jesus faced what theologians call the second Adam test. Look at verse number 12. Immediately the spirit impelled him. Now I want to show you something. Remember we established the fact that anytime you see anything about the kingdom, God's will is to do what with it? expand the kingdom okay so the king child is born he is baptized at the jordan and the heavens are rent in two and the kingdom comes down just like isaiah 9 said he would said would and rest on the child king's shoulders and what is the first thing the Spirit does? Sends him to the wilderness. You're going to get that about 3 o'clock in the morning here. He sent him to the wilderness. And the king began To expand the wilderness. Watch. Isaiah 9 7 says this there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom. And the king came out of that wilderness and said his first words, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Put your faith in this message of the kingdom. And eventually, the king hung on a cross, and he said to the father, I have paid for the curse forgive them and allow them into my kingdom Jesus said repent think another way and believe in the good news of the kingdom and he was saying if you believe in me You can come into my kingdom, and now it's your job. Expand the kingdom. Amen.